Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you missed any of my talk radio breakfast show, don't worry. We've put some of the punchiest bits of this morning's show into a bite-sized podcast. The Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. Enjoy. Good morning to you. This is Talk Radio Breakfast with me, Julia Hartley Brewer. Delighted to welcome the Culture Secretary, Oliver Dowden, to the show right now. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Well, we've got a good news story this morning, which is a, a bailout for uh, the uh, arts industry, the theatres, the concert venues and others. Although I suppose it's based on a bad news story, which is that we haven't got a date yet for them to reopen. Tell us about the bailout and why it's needed. Well, essentially, it's needed to help them weather the storm. So um, if you think about it, arts and culture are the heart of our nation from the sort of soul in terms of Shakespeare to Ed Sheeran, through to making us an economic powerhouse. We really are a superpower for the creative industries. So it's essential that we retain that capacity while they're in a very difficult period of time. And that's why we've announced this unprecedented package biggest injection in culture in our nation's history and bigger than almost anywhere else around the world. And where's that money actually going to? Because there'll be a lot of big theatres, we know Royal Albert Hall, we're going to talk to their chief executive a little bit later, been threatening they could go under. Some theatres, one in Southampton, already gone under. Is it the theatres, the, the venues themselves who are going to get the money? What about the events companies, the production companies who put the the theatres, the, the, the plays on, the pantos on and the like? Well, first of all, it's across uh, all of our cultural sectors. So it will be uh, everything from protecting our great national museum, so the British Museum, uh, the the, uh, the Tate and, and so on, through to our uh, big uh, internationally uh, and nationally significant cultural institutions. Royal Albert Hall would be a good example of that. But the other really important thing about this is it's also for all parts of the UK. So particularly if you're in a part of uh, England, for example, where you haven't got, uh, you've only got uh, a gallery or a theatre, you lost that, it have a huge impact on uh, your access to culture. So that's another important uh, criteria. In terms of where it's going, this is about protecting the institutions themselves, basically, so they can survive this difficult period this financial year, so that then they can, uh, you know, they can re- restore afterwards. Okay, well, when will that afterwards be? You know, panto season is absolutely crucial. I mean, everyone's talking about the, the opera and the ballet and the, the fine arts, but actually, vast majority of people who go to the theatre every year will be going to see uh, panto. Can we be sure, for instance, that theatres and venues will be able to reopen for panto season? Well, you're absolutely right to highlight Panto. It was certainly my first experience of the theatre and it's probably my children's first experience of the the theatre as well. Oh, no, it isn't. (laughs) I couldn't resist, sorry. uh, Julia, that is part of the problem, you see, because uh, with Panto, 
uh, a thousand kids shouting he's behind you or oh no he isn't is quite a challenge in terms of spread of COVID. So um, we're working intensively with public health officials to look at measures we could take to mitigate and make theatres safer. So for example, I was at the London Palladium with Andrew Lloyd Webber just last week looking at what they've done in South Korea. But I have to say to you, getting to a point where you have no social distancing in theatres is some way off yet. I think we will be able to quite soon get to a point where you can have outdoor performances and indeed socially distant performances and pilots for, for having other measures. But getting to that full restoration, particularly in these crowded Victorian theatres with challenges with, with airflow and so on, it's quite a way off. Is that the big issue then? Because a lot of people are wondering how come they're allowed to go to the pub, go to a restaurant, kids go back to school without social distancing in the autumn um, and yet someone can't go and sit in a theatre. What, what is the crucial issue there? Well, it's a number of factors. So first of all, it is social distancing. So if you take pubs, restaurants and so on, they they are observing and should be observing uh, one metre social distancing at least. If you take schools, there will still be some element of, of bubbling with it. Um, Theatres present further challenges in terms of the, you know, the, the actors and the, the spray and the, the all the touch surfaces. We're working through all of those, and I hope we'll be able to mitigate most of them. But in the end, it comes back to this perennial issue we have, which is every sector we allow to uh, resume, it is putting more pressure on the R rate. And pretty much across the board, we are not allowing uh, resumption without social distancing. So it'll be quite easy to get to a point, well, relatively easy, as long as we have the mitigations, to get to a point with uh, one metre social distancing is a big jump across the whole economy to get to a point where you don't observe social distancing at all. And if you think, you know, I'm sure in your workplace and uh, across offices in the country, people are observing social distancing there as well. They're observing it on public transport. So it's a big leap to, to, to get to no social distancing. OK, well, talking of the social distancing issue, um, Super Saturday, a uh, big event, a hot, you know, hotels reopening, the pubs, the bars, the restaurants, the cafes. Uh, it, was, uh, it was billed by some as carnage, although I could only see one one street uh, in in Soho in central London, which everyone seemed to have footage of. Everywhere else seemed to be quite sensible. Um, did you enjoy a, a pint or a meal out on Super Saturday? And how do you think it went? Um, I, um, sadly, I didn't get to enjoy a pint or a meal out, although I did go to the um, to the National Gallery. Uh, they're about to reopen and see how they're reopening their uh, excellent uh, Titian exhibition. I'd encourage people to to go along to the National Gallery from later this week, although they, they should sign up before because it's a, a limited access. Um, in terms of how it went, I think by and large, the British people, as they have been throughout this whole crisis, were responsible. They did observe uh, social distancing. Certainly when I was getting to and from um, the National uh, Gallery, I certainly saw people doing that. And I pay tribute to people, because in the end, that's how we can continue to unlock the economy if people abide by the rules. Um, let's also talk about Huawei. You are one of the few people who's seen this new report from the National Cyber Security Centre, uh, which many are saying is set to torpedo the government's plan to use Huawei in the 5G network. I, I, look, I, I know you're not able to tell us what is in that report, but it's yet another report expecting yet another review of whether Huawei should have any role uh, in our 
our 5G network. Um, when is the government going to get to grips with the fact that we shouldn't allow the uh, a telephone, a telecoms company that is involved uh, with the, uh, the Chinese government, a hostile nation that's proved itself to be untrustworthy on both COVID uh, and indeed uh, on, the, on how it's dealt with Hong Kong uh, in recent weeks, uh, to have any, any role whatsoever in any vital networks in this country? Well, I think there's a number of factors at play here. First of all, is the my primary consideration is the, the the communications and media secretary of state is to ensure the security of our telecoms network. Uh, and indeed, there are many risks to our telecoms network. You don't have to be a, a hostile state. Uh, hostile states can access our telecoms uh, networks uh, anyway. Uh, so it's about how we can we tighten our security uh, around that. In respect of Huawei. Uh, we've deemed it a high-risk vendor, and we've already limited its ability to, to participate in our telephone networks. What's happened since we made that announcement is the US sanctions, which are likely to have quite an impact on the reliability of the equipment. We're considering that, and we'll make an announcement. I'll make an announcement when we've made a decision on that. How soon can we expect that? Well, I would very much expect to do it before Parliament rises for the summer recess, so this month. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker. Talk Radio. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. Let's uh, talk more about that extra cash now for theatres, museums and art galleries. 1.57 billion. We spoke to the Cultural Secretary Oliver Down a little bit earlier about, well, how soon we can expect uh, those uh, institutions to reopen. And I've got to be honest with you, it's not looking very hopeful for quite a few months ahead. Well, let's talk to one of the uh, most esteemed uh, and well-known theatres and concert venues in our entire country, and that's the Royal Albert Hall. Craig Hassel is the chief executive, and he joins us right now. Good morning to you, Craig. Good morning, Julia. Good morning. Nice now, they're lovely to talk to you. And now, of course, there had been quite a lot of concern that the Royal Albert Hall uh, wouldn't be able to keep going uh, without any extra money. How close have you come to uh, having to close down completely? 
Well, we have closed since uh, March this year. Well, closing hoping... the doors, yes, but indeed oh, closing. Close, down, yeah, yeah, closing completely. Well, unless we had some some positive signs, as we've heard this morning, we would be probably having to close down about March, April of next year, which would be just terrible. And 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 what are the ongoing costs that you've got uh, with the Royal Pub? Because of course, you know your your staff are furloughed, um, and uh, and obviously you're not allowed to open. But what are the ongoing costs for a big venue like yours? Well, at the moment, uh, with all the staff that we have furloughed, which is about 80% of our staff, it still costs us just a bit more than a million pounds a month just to keep keep the business going. So it's an old building. It's a lovely grade one listed building, but it's very expensive to maintain, even when there are no audiences or people in the building. So you have to have things like the building insurance and, and all of that. That still has to keep going and you have to keep yeah, the maintenance going. So a lot of the things right. that people think, oh, well, you just board it up. No cost. What's the problem? <laughs> but presumably also a huge amount of your income comes from you, know, not just the ticket sales. It's people buying the programs. It's people buying the drinks at the bar and all of that. Exactly. I mean, we're not funded by government ordinarily. So we are very independent. All our income comes from ticket sales, as you say, food and beverage programs, donations from the public because we're a charity. So we are, at the moment, we are hemorrhaging money because we can't be independent as we'd like to be and earn that money. Has the, the bailout, has it come soon enough for you? Because we know there's a theatre in Southampton that's already closed down and, and others saying they're, they're really on the brink. And without the knowledge that they could reopen soon uh, and without that hope, and, but also just the money just completely running out. Should this have been announced sooner? Well, look, we're really pleased and grateful that the government has listened to the sector. We've been lobbying for a long time to say that we are really in crisis and we need government help. So the announcement today is very welcome by all of us, although I have to say we still need clarity about when we might open and under what conditions. And that's really the most, most important thing for someone like the Royal Albert Hall. In fact, for the whole sector, for theatres and concert halls across the country. And you will have seen some theatres already starting redundancies. So the announcement is just in the nick of time. And I hope it's enough time for the Christmas seasons of all of our concert halls and theatres to get underway as well. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Because and we were talking a little bit earlier to the Cultural Secretary Oliver Dowden and talking about pantos. The vast majority of people, you know, don't don't go and see the, the opera or the ballet or the like. They go and see, uh, you know, pop concerts or they see they see panto. Um, and, and a lot of these are really big earners. And so you'll do the really big popular stuff, uh, which, uh, which, which brings in the audience, brings in the money, so enabling you to often the, the more sort of higher artsy stuff as well, the, the higher culture yeah. stuff. This is going to be absolutely crucial for getting bums on seats. Have you been given any hint at all about the likelihood of you opening in time for Panty? Because I have to say, I, I didn't get the impression from the culture secretary that it was looking that hopeful. Well, we're hoping that we can open for Christmas because a bit like us, we don't do panto, but we do Christmas carols and lots yeah. of Christmas concerts. And for us, the Christmas season is absolutely crucial for us. Any money we make, and we usually make a profit every year, goes back into our building, maintaining the building and education program. So our whole education program hinges on our Christmas season and the other big ticket items going ahead to fund all the stuff we do in the community with with local local organizations what do you what do you want to say to people who are listening to this saying oh you look you know this stuff doesn't matter as much as industry or manufacturing or even you know getting the pubs reopening uh, ordinary people you know most people was listening to this i've never been to the royal Hall. what what do i care about that now um can you explain just how crucial our arts and culture industry is industry now um, how how important that is as a lifeblood of our economy because a lot of people just That's, don't yeah. realize how significant it is sure well the first thing to say is the package announced today is 1.57 billion which is fantastic 
The sector contributes £111 billion to the UK economy. These are the government's own figures in 2018. £111 billion. That's just the financial impact of that sector. But there's also the cultural impact. Britain, I mean, I, I'm Australian. I came to live here because British cultural scene, it's the best in the world. And Britain, it should be so proud of what it does in the arts, in, in theatre, in, in music, in live music in uh, film, I mean, television, it's an amazing sector. And so to have that sector back on the road is really, really important, not just for the economy, but for the whole brand of Britain internationally. Yeah, and also I imagine a lot of foreign tourists, you know, they 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 want to come over. You know, we, we're going to, you know, we're going to stay in London or we're going to be in uh, uh, in York or wherever. And we you know we want to see a show. What show are we going to go and see? What 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 musical performance? Um, and and you know that's part of their trip. It's part of the reason for making the trip. So uh, yeah, again, we need yeah. to have we need to have stuff for people to do to encourage them to come to this country and spend their money in the hotels and restaurants. Exactly. And also, I mean, for a place like the Royal Albert Hall, we're called the Nation's Village Hall because we host so many charities and so many events. So we were due to have the James Bond premiere before we closed, but we had to cancel that. We have the Festival of Remembrance. We have Teenage Cancer Trust charity events. We host the Proms and the BAFTAs yeah. and the Olivier Awards. I mean, with all, without, without us, none of that stuff can go ahead, which is a real shame. Online, on DAB and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Let's talk about what Rishi Sunak, the Chancellor, is going to be announcing in his mini-budget on Wednesday. He's going to be speaking after Prime Minister's questions. And uh, various different uh, measures have been talked about. A stamp duty holiday, so not forever, but uh, say for six months uh, for most buyers. So not just even first-time buyers, but up to £500,000 properties uh, being exempt from all stamp duty altogether. Uh, a trainee scheme for young people, £111 million for that, uh, with a £1,000 uh, uh, payment uh, to companies uh, to take on trainees uh, and also a guarantee of apprenticeships for every young person and also an immediate uh, VAT cut for the hospitality industry uh, so that they can uh, perhaps uh, continue to make some profits even though they're socially distancing their customers. Uh, there has been some talk of possibly vouchers up to £500 uh, given to people to spend in particular sectors or is that just wishful thinking? Well let's talk about all of this with David Gork. He's a former Chief Secretary to the Treasury. Good morning to you David. Morning, Julia. Morning. Well, uh, you know, I suppose it's almost grateful you're not having to wrestle with these issues yourself working in the Treasury right now. Never before has a Treasury had such a, an economic uh, outlook to deal with. And yet, Rishi Sunak, extraordinarily popular, rather more popular even in terms of his ratings in the latest polls uh, than even the Prime Minister. But then I suppose when you're giving away billions of pounds of other people's money, difficult not to be popular with the people getting that money. But what are you hoping to hear on Wednesday? I think it is important in the short term that the government does what it can to support the economy. Uh, in the end, you know, the, the books have to have to balance. But in the short term, it is about helping us get through these very difficult circumstances. And things like cutting uh, stamp duty, for example, is a way that might get the housing market moving. And that can have a knock on effect, you know, for a lot of tradesmen. There'll be work that flows from that, decorators. Uh, builders, etc., etc. So that's the sort of thing to get the economy going in the short term. But it needs to be, it needs to be temporary. It needs to be clear that it can be reversed because, in the end, you know, we're not going to be able to afford long-term tax cuts for a very long time. I'm afraid. Um, but something that helps the economy in the short term, um, when there's still a great deal of uncertainty, um, makes sense. And a focus on jobs, yeah. I think, is absolutely key because we are going to see unemployment rise very very significantly that has a knock-on effect for confidence 
it also has a scarring effect on the economy. So anything that can be done to help with jobs. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere along the line they look at doing something on employers' national insurance contributions, because I think that can really help employers uh, take people on and keep people on. Well, this is it. At a time when the government has had a far fewer taxes coming in uh, to pay for everything, they've got all these massive expenditures. We know it's all being borrowed. Very low levels of borrowing right now. If borrowing level cost does go up, that's going to be a rather more of a problem. So every single penny that is spent is about getting the best bang for your buck, isn't it? Uh, where it where it goes the best. Um, so we've got like bailouts for theatres and uh, and the like being announced today. One point five seven billion. Um, and you say possibility of this stamp duty holiday. Uh, the key thing there is 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 how far that money sort of dissipates through the economy and as you say someone moving house and getting a, getting their, their home for cheaper it's not just that they save money it's the fact that they are then able to to move house to buy somewhere and then they employ as you say the plumber the the decorator they they may, might build an extension they, they they go to home base and wicks and v and q and they uh, they buy a new a new you know, kitchen from ikea or whatever all of these all of these things have a massive knock-on effect. So although they have a cost to the Treasury, the idea presumably is that the long-term, or at least me, you know, medium to long-term, they will actually keep those jobs existing and long-term the, ben- the benefit will come back to the Treasury in taxes. Exactly. And there's also this this point that um, cost in the short term, you know, I think the markets understand the situation. I think you know, there's a recognition that um, you, these exceptional times that there's exceptional levels of borrowing, and that's going to happen at the moment. Um, and the, the more that you can do to support the economy at this stage, then the stronger the economy will be when we come out of the health crisis. And as a consequence, uh, the economy will be stronger and the public finances will be stronger. So I think there is a case for action at this point. But as I say, it needs to be time uh, sort of critical it's it's short term it has to be able to be reversed but if they can do that and, and help get the economy moving and get as big a bang for your buck as possible uh, then that's a sensible step well, indeed. And you mentioned their the focus on jobs. And of course, that there there are two aspects. It's one is keeping people in the jobs they've already got. And the other is uh, is making sure that those who are out of work can get new jobs. And indeed, those who've never worked, who are coming out of uh, school and university in the coming months, uh, are actually able to get into those trainee schemes. Um, do you do you think that there should be, I mean, obviously, government is able to focus on both of those. But do you think this can be an opportunity for, for our economy and for lots of people to, to perhaps, you know, move forward and perhaps get trained into skills which they perhaps wouldn't have had before? Uh, Boris Johnson last week in his speech in Dudley, which didn't actually have as much meat on the bones as I think many as expected. We very much, pretty much all was trailed in advance, which is not the normal form on these things. We thought there'd be something, you know, uh, at the end of it. There wasn't. But it was all about how this, this, these are dark times economically, but there could be an opportunity from this for entrepreneurs, for reskilling our, our people. Do you think that the government is in a position to actually take advantage of that and to take that opportunity to reskill our people and improve our productivity and our, our level of expertise in, in many different fields and move ahead in the future? I think that's what they, they have to do. And you know, so far, there seem to be two elements to this. Um, one is very much directly focusing on training, um, and you know, that's good and sensible. I wouldn't underestimate how hard it is to ramp something up on training quickly. Um, you know, this normally takes a, a long time, and uh, you know, there can be a trade-off between speed and the sort of quality of training that people get. So I think we should be conscious of that. 
And then the second element is support within the job centres. And I thought very sensible to expand the number of work coaches in the job centres. I used to be Secretary of State for Work and Pensions. And, you know, I saw the excellent work that a lot of the, the work coaches did within job centres. So I think if there's more that can be done to uh, expand the number of, 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 of those people, then that's that's great. And I think that's sensible. Um, and, and that's the type of thing that we need to do to provide people with the support they need as they move, unfortunately, out of work, as their old jobs in many cases will go. And then we need to give them as much support as possible as they to tr help them move into uh, a new form of employment. Across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.